Welcome to Igris Moshe A to Z. And for today's special Hanukkah edition, we are going to look at a tshuva from Rav Moshe Feinstein in Orchayim 1, 190. It's a very early tshuva dated 1925, and it's written in Lubin, which is in Belarus, and it's written to his brother-in-law, Malod Kvod Gisi Yahuvi Haravagon Reb Nechemya HaKohen Shlita. So in this tshuva, Rav Moshe addresses a psak in the Shulchan Aruch, where the Shulchan Aruch says that a woman is obligated to light Hanukkah candles because they were in the miracle. That's the well-known halacha. But then the Mishnah Brewer there quotes the Magen Avram, who says that if a woman is lighting on behalf of a man or a man on behalf of a woman, then it only works if the person for whom it's being lit, on behalf of whom it's being lit, is standing there. So if a, if a woman is lighting for a man, the man has to be present hearing the brachot. If a man is lighting for a woman, the woman has to be present and hearing the brachot. And no explanation why this is true. So the questioner says, well, why should this be true? Normally somebody can do a mitzvah for you and they would make the bracha even if you're not present. Now, most of the time, somebody can't do a mitzvah for you. I can't have you put on tefillin for me. I can't have you take a lula for me. But there are a few mitzvot where the focus is on the end result and you can do it for me. Like you can clean my house for Pesach for me. If you'd like to, I can give you my number. You can also take trumas and maestros for me. Now, if you do that, I don't have to be present and you would make the bracha because you're the one doing the actual act of the mitzvah. So why here? Can't we say the same thing? If some woman who I don't know, not my wife, is lighting for me in my home, or you know, a man is lighting for a woman in her home, and she's not around, you're doing the mitzvah for somebody, the focus is on having the candles lit in the home, make the bracha, why does the other person have to be present? So that's the question. So Rav Moshe's first answer focuses on the question of the brachot. He assumes that, yes, somebody can do it for you if you're not present. The issue here is the ability to make all the brachot. And he says, because you're not present, this other person can only make the bracha lahad likner shalchanukah. They can't make the bracha sha'asa nisim unless you are present. Why? Because he says, if this person, imagine this person now, they're not doing it they're not being motzi you, discharging you. If you're present, it's like they're helping you do the mitzvah. But here, they're, they're the ones doing it for your sake. So therefore, they're, it's their mitzvah. They're lighting again. They're making another bracha, lahad likner. But since they already did their own Hanukkah lighting and they already said shasanisim, you do not get another shasanisim for lighting two Hanukkah candles on the same day. And he has a thought experiment. If somebody was obligated to light twice in one day, he says it's obvious to him they would not make Shasanisim the second time. What's an example of this? He says, well, there's a position in the poskim that we don't pass in the position. Let's say it was the seventh night and you only had one candle and you lit one candle and later you found seven candles. There's a position that you'd be obligated to light again, all seven candles, or that you could light again. For Moshe says, were you to do that, you would only say Lahad Likner. You would not say Shasanisim. Shasanisim is linked to the lighting of the candles. You don't do it without relating to the candles or seeing the candles, but you would not do it multiple times on the same day. So that's what he says the issue is. If you're doing it alone, the person for whom you're doing it is not there. It's your lighting. You're lighting a second time on the same day. You can't make Shasanisim. If the person is there then it's no longer your lighting. They are lighting through you. It changes the dynamics. And because they're lighting through you, then you can make the bracha of Sha'asanisim. So for Rav Moshe, his first answer is, it's just a question of making both brachos and between a model of you lighting for them or them lighting through you. 
Um, then Rev Moshe shifts gears and says, you know what? It sounds like there's something bigger going on here. It doesn't sound like it's just about the bracha. It sounds like it's a question of whether it works at all. And also, it's why is it being raised only in the context of a man lighting for a woman, woman lighting for a man? It sounds like that's what's a key part of this. So Rav Moshe says that, you know what, that's all, what I said originally was true, but what's going on here is an issue specifically about the man-woman pairing. And here he says that the problem is this concept of arevut. Arevut is a sense of, like, we are all guarantors for one another, interconnected, depending on how you translate that word. Anyway, we're all guarantors for one another. And therefore, he says, that's what allows me to be motzi you in a mitzvah even after I've done it. I've read Megillah, I can read it again with the brachot for you because since I'm responsible not just for myself but for you as well, I'm not fully done with my mitzvah. I'm still responsible that everybody does their mitzvah and therefore when I read it again, I'm still doing a mitzvah and I can make a bracha. That's what allows me to be motzi you even after I've done it myself. That's the general principle. But there are some Rishonim who say that this does not apply to women, which is something that, you know, if a modern posek were to raise, it would be hard to imagine a modern posek raising this without feeling a sense of discomfort. What does that mean? That we don't, women, men don't have a responsibility for women, women don't have a responsibility for men. Does that mean somehow they're not all equally in the covenant? And probably the easiest way to explain this from where this position is coming from is that, you know, men who traditionally played a public role, that sense of owning the responsibility for the broader community, Community, that was more on the public sort of members of the community and less on the private members. But certainly this would not be something a modern posek would raise nowadays without at least point, you know, pointing out some of the way in which this is a challenging idea. Rav Moshe raises it without any indication that there's any, anything disturbing about this. And he says, well, if there is an issue that, uh, that Arevut does not apply between men and women, how can a woman light for a man? And how can a man light for a woman? I mean, maybe if they're doing the mitzvah for themselves at that time, but if they're not doing the mitzvah for themselves, then you can't be light for somebody without this principle of Arevut. That's what he says is at the core here, the ability to be motzi somebody. It's not about brachot. If it's a man-woman pair. Now, his answer says, is rooted in the concept of Pirsume Nisa. And he says, because of the concept of publicizing the miracle, that creates a sense of responsibility that everybody has, not just to light for themselves, but to maximize the publicizing of the miracle. And that's what allows me, even after I've lit, to also be lighting in some way for you because we're all responsible to publicize the miracle. Now, before I continue to explain that, it's important to note that this very much connects to an idea that Rav Soloveitchik said. And to the halacha this is rooted in, which is that women are obligated to light Neres Hanukkah. Why are women obligated to light Neres Hanukkah? The Gemara says because afin hayu they were in the miracle. That's why they're obligated in Hanukkah. That's why they're obligated in the Arba Kosot of the Seder night. That's why they're obligated in the reading of the Megillah. So Tosos asks, okay, so why don't we use that principle to say that's why they're obligated to eat matzah or to sit in a sukkah? Why only these? So Rav Soloveitchik famously answered that these are the specific mitzvot that are connected to pirsume hanes, publicizing the miracle. And the idea is that even a mitzvah that is time-bound that a woman would, might normally be exempt from if women were saved by the miracle and the nature of the obligation, the core part of the obligation is publicizing the miracle, then that means that anybody to whom the miracle was relevant has an obligation to publicize the miracle. So at the root of women's obligation is the fact that this is a mitzvah of Pisumenisa. And Rav Moshe says, 
That is why, not relating to Rav Salvechik's point, but that's why Pirsume Niza is also why women, after they've done their mitzvah, can also be motzi men, because of this broader sense of Pirsume Nisa, even without this concept of arevut. But, says Rav Moshe, that's only if the man is present. If the man isn't present, then she's lighting on her own, and on her own, there's no longer, she's done her mitzvah. But when the man who hasn't done the lighting is present, the idea of Pirsumei Nisa means that he can light on behalf of him, or said better, he can light through her. Her lighting is meaningful because it's still an element of Pirsumei Nisa that now with him being present is his lighting that is meaningful for her to do because of the concept of Pirsumei Hanes. So that's why Rav Moshe said that is what is really going on here, is that when they are, because of this issue of man-woman pair, what allows it to work is, number one, the principle of Pirsumei Hanes, and because that's the only thing that allows it to work, and not Arevut, it only works when the man who has not yet been Mefar Seim the Nes is present together with the woman, and now she is being the Farsim Venez and um, on his behalf and his and he is doing it through her. And again, it is through this chuva that we see, you know, even though it is not an urgent halachic question, um, and he really didn't say that much new as a matter of halacha, he felt it important to explore the conceptual issues here because Rav Moshe was not just a posek, he was also a Rosh Yeshiva, and in a way this was a shir on Hanukkah, on Hilchos Hanukkah, and some of these conceptual issues behind it. He has many, many long writings in Debris Moshe, which are off, which are very rarely read, but sometimes in chuvas like these you find some of his Torah sometimes even at length, even though the actual halachic issue is not really uh, so urgent or so burning. Chanukah Sameach. Thanks for listening to Igris Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dov Linzer. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Shivat Chovevei Torah. Don't forget to subscribe and check out ycTorah.org to learn more.